Thank you for joining us for episode three of the Business Playbook. In each episode, we provide business professionals clear, proven strategies for winning at work and moving their organizations forward, all within the time it takes to finish a cup of coffee. I'm Emmy Boyette at the NC Chamber, and today we're discussing STEM education, also known as science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, and the alignment between business and the classroom as we set students up for success after high school. We're joined today by two phenomenal educators at TMSA Public Charter Schools. Zaron Johnson is an eighth grade science teacher at Triad Math and Science Academy in Greensboro, North Carolina. He has a Bachelor of Science degree in biochemistry and a master's in chemical engineering. And in addition to teaching, Zaron has been developing STEM programs for youth since 2009 through his nonprofit, United Synergy Solutions. We're also joined by Ani Ingram, who teaches pre-AP biology, AP biology, and biomedical sciences courses at Triangle Math and Science Academy in Cary, North Carolina. She's in her 17th year of teaching and is a member of the college board's national faculty to provide professional development opportunities for other teachers. Ani and Zaron, thank you so much for joining us today for our third podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. So, you know, we've had decades of research that tells us the value of STEM education. And that's one of the things that TMSA public charter schools really, I think, leans into. Um, But before we dive into that, um, Zaron, would you mind kind of just giving our listeners an overview of TMSA? So, like, what is it? How many locations do you have? How many students do you serve? Just so our audience knows. Okay. Yeah, not a problem. I would love to. Um, we are North Carolina's growing network of high-performing nonprofit public charter schools with a uh, more of a STEM, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics focus. Uh, we serve more than 3,000 students from kindergarten through 12th grade on five campuses. We have a campus in Charlotte, a campus in Cary, and in Greensboro. Um, another thing is that we're tuition free, free, so that's definitely good. And, oh, and, yeah. and we're, operated, <laughs> we're operated by an uh, independent board of directors. Our first school is was uh, Triad Math and Science Academy in Greensboro. It was established in 2008 by a group of public charter school advocates who supported effective, diverse, and well-funded public, public charter uh, schools in North Carolina. And then, you know, as things always happen, the demand increase and TMSA carry in 2012 was birthed and Queen City for STEM school was birthed in Charlotte uh, 2015. Uh, when newest school, the Math and Science Academy of Apex will be open in fall of 2022. Wow. Yes, yeah, it's, it's been an amazing journey. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, the the data really speaks for itself. I saw um, online that you know, like you said, you all are highly ranked as a public charter school. And also today I heard your superintendent speaking at an event and he mentioned that you all have so many more applications than you do seats. So obviously, you know, your your instruction is really in high demand. And that, I think, speaks to the value of what you provide um, for decades now. You know, we've been hearing about the importance of STEM in education. You know, you all see it daily because you're working day in and day out with these students. So how would you say, um, Zaron, a, a STEM curriculum really helps them develop in a positive way? Oh, man, I love STEM. My background is STEM. I, I 
and I, and I give my personal experience. I had a chance to start my do my first internship at 15 years old at Duke University. And more than anything, it gave me confidence that I can learn. Yeah. Because, you know, English is something in our mind and other other uh, topics that we have in other subjects. Sometimes it's just, oh, we're learning this. But that moment that you realize, you know what, I can learn science. I can do mathematics. I can develop an idea and bring it to life. It builds a certain type of confidence. Um, and as we all know, STEM, it, it produces a certain level of critical thinking yeah. and, and solution uh, oriented skills. You know, being around solutions, because that's what everything's about math is about solutions creating technologies about solutions engineering is about solutions science is about figuring things out science to know so just having stem uh, a stem based curriculum is very powerful for for those students in the future who will become the leaders in creating solutions for problems just th those little things uh, that makes everyday life it are uh, all stems from STEM. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no pun intended, or maybe it was intended. I'm not sure, Zoran. I don't know you well intended, enough. Yeah. I'll take that. <laughs> um, Ani, you know, Zoran and you are both science teachers. You are a um, biology teacher um, for the for the high school level. How do you see that STEM curriculum helping your students to develop? Yeah, I think at the high school level, um, you know, like Zoran said, incorporating those skills of problem solving, critical thinking creative thinking. That's one of the things that surprises my students the most is the amount of creativity that they have to come up with in during class, in collaborating, in communicating, um, and trying to solve these problems. And so, you know, we just try to give them these real world experiences to help them develop those skills and that creative creativity and critical thinking. Sure. And, and speaking of problem solving, um, you know, one of the big problems that businesses are facing right now is that they have so many open positions, but they can't find the qualified talent to fill those positions. We hear it time and time again at the NC Chamber. Um, you know, what we know is that students are entering the workforce and they might not have the skills necessary to perform at a high level right away on the job. And I know that businesses are really eager to be a part of the solution to ensure that you know school curricula are in alignment with the needs of today's job creators. So what from the teacher perspective you know y'all are on the front lines day in and day out doing such important work what can businesses do how can they work with you to make sure that students are acquiring the skills they need to be really successful in their careers ani let's start with you um yeah i think that the biggest thing that would help would be um giving the students opportunities to shadow or intern with businesses when they're young, when they're in high school. Um, we simulate a lot of the skills in our classrooms. Like I teach phlebotomy training. I teach stopping the bleed. I teach how to use microscopes. I right. teach micro pipetting. I mean, sure. all of these real world experiences, but they're not in the real world. They're all simulations. Um, so if our students could get that experience by giving by doing internships or even just job shadowing, that would help them join the workforce with that validation of practicing the learned skills. A lot of our freshmen are um, coming into high school with almost um, as a senior credit-wise and skills-wise in their course workload. 
So a lot of times there, our students have a hard time finding jobs because they're young, but right. our high schoolers have that experience in the classroom because of the way that we've set up and scaffolded our courses. So I think that would be huge for them and help the businesses out as well if they could train them in what skills do you want them to have, you know? Um, I think another way that they could partner with us is just helping us think tank on assessments. What does an authentic assessment look like? Um, wow. If they can't give us the, um, the actual experiences with the students, but can they think tank to help us know wh where do we need to help fill the gap? I think that's a brilliant observation. I have never even thought of it from the assessment angle, but I think you're spot on. And I also think that a big part of initiatives like these is you know, making sure that businesses really communicate to their local education communities, to the guidance counselors, to the administrators at their local schools to make sure that teachers know these opportunities are actually available. Because I know sometimes teachers just don't even know which businesses do offer these opportunities. So the communication really has to be there. Um, I think that's a big part of it. Um, yes, Zaran, do you have any? Yeah, yeah. Zaran, do you have anything to add there about how businesses can you know, work with and support teachers to make sure that students are getting the skills that they really need to be successful. Yes, I think two of the biggest things that helped our generation growing up were field trips and career fairs at early ages. Um, I think that students haven't, well, I understand, you know, over COVID it's been harder to, you know, plan field trips, but sure. I think one of the biggest things with connecting students to science and why it's, it's such a, a creative thing is that a lot of students have never seen basic skills being used in the workforce. Right. So when you're talking about, well, why do I need to learn this math? No one ever uses this. Yes, an engineer does use that. Or someone simple, sim something simple as, um, why do I need to learn how to pipette? Well, that helps you, you know, you control your hand. You know, you never know you may be a mechanic. Um, but just allowing schools to come and see what do people do on an everyday basis, um, especially for jobs people don't ever don't usually think about. You know, every every time people usually say something related to STEM, is always something like, "Oh, you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be an engineer, you're going to be," you know, it's it's these very small pockets of what STEM can relate to. Great and point. So it's like, well, that, well, that's not me. I don't, but there's a lot of little things that, you know, jobs that are related to STEM that you students, but, oh, I didn't know I could do that. Yes. You know, there's people who um, just design parts for cars. There are people who design jewelry. There's people who make glass for a living on um, little things. And that's all a scientific method. Um, so the other thing is having more career fairs at earlier ages. And what I mean by that is having, you know, if we just did 10 jobs, uh, 10, 10 to 15 or how many you could, uh, companies a month, I mean, a, a, a semester where they come in, set up and show some type of examples of what they do at their job and how that. it relates to just everyday skills that you need. Um, and, and so I think those are the two things that really stand out to me the most is that visualization of students meeting someone in a field. And because other than that, they're like, oh, that person is smart and I'm a student. I'll never be able to reach that. But if we make it where that person was in your shoes some years ago, then that will give to me will build more confidence that they can do that as well.
I totally agree with you, Zoran. That's a great point. I think, especially with students, sometimes they sort of have to see it before they can believe it. And I think you just gave some great examples there. Um, I can tell y'all are teachers because you just gave fantastic concrete examples and action items that our listeners can walk away with and actually start acting on. So that is so appreciated. Um, I was looking at y'all's website and it mentioned there that Nearly 28% of high school freshmen declare an interest in a STEM-related field, but 57% of those students will lose interest by the time they graduate from high school. Ani, how do, you, how do we prevent that huge drop-off in interest? How do we keep it kindled throughout their lifetime? What do we do? Engagement. We have to engage the students. And that looks like moving away from textbooks, moving away from the teacher being the giver of all knowledge mm -hmm. and pushing them into this authentic, hands-on, collaborative learning experiences so that their interest can be piqued. Having them ask questions, forcing them um, to be creative. Okay, we just talked about this. What questions can you come up with that relate to it? Um, and then having them do that research on it and things like that. Um, I think that would really help the students to keep that excitement and that curiosity. You know, elementary students, you don't have to um, do a dog and pony show to get them excited about science. They're right. just naturally <laughs> curious, you know? Right. And by the time they get to me in high school, they're like, oh, do we have to? So just keeping them engaged. I think the biggest compliment that my students can give me is, wow, this class period really flew by. Yes. Perfect, you were engaged, you know, um, or the, Next biggest compliment is, hey, can I take a picture of this? 100% you can take a picture of it. You know, so just keeping them engaged and excited about what we're learning and keeping the content current and fresh with what applies in their life. Yeah, I think um, I think you really hit the nail on the head, especially when you said that with the younger ages, they're so they're typically so much more easily captivated than they are at later stages. And that leads me actually to my next question. So I imagine that STEM kind of changes in terms of how a student uh, experiences it in the classroom when they're an elementary student versus when they're a high school student. And Zoran, I wanna get your thoughts here, particularly because I know that you operate a nonprofit that works with students of, of all age levels and uh, on STEM type activities. So how does that experience with STEM change over the years? You know, starting when a kid's young and then how does it change up through the high school level? Um, I'm, I'm going to piggyback and expound on what uh, Ms. Ingram said. Yeah. When you're when you're elementary, almost everything is fun. You can just, huh, here's some rocks. Look at <laughs> Yay, I have rocks. You know, here's crayons. Draw the earth. Oh, I'm drawing the earth. You know, so, but as you get older and um, in, the, in, in the minds of the student more mature, their direction is towards popularity, yeah. what do I look like, who knows me, uh, who am I dating, and and do I have money? And to me, that word money is the number one biggest thing that attracts students between higher um, middle school, like eighth grade and up. Um, so to me, to, to show them skills, to say, if you can do this, you can make this amount of money. 
that kind of draws them in. And as Ms. Ani said, that project base, I think what happens is it's less expensive to do science in elementary and early middle school. But the that, that means that what would happen is that their imagination plateaus of what they can accomplish when it comes down to science if we don't have more funding or, or hands-on activities to do. It, it doesn't take a lot, but just providing more uh, experiments and, and, and project-based uh, education, you know, that takes materials. It takes things for them to be able to do, places for them maybe even go um, that some families cannot afford. So when you're younger, it's, you know, here's crayons, color, color, color this or color that, you know, when you're uh, middle school, it's, you know, oh, you know, dissect something and look at the pig or, you know, so then those are not as expensive as, okay, now, wait a minute, I'm, I'm in 10th grade. I can, um, I know about electricity a little bit more. Well, what does, what do you do with electricity? Now you got to think buying circuits, buying right. wires, buying, and so, you know, giving them things, you know, putting a little more money towards higher end thinking materials. When um, I, think I think you just gave another great example of how businesses can step in, right? You know, I mean, so reach out to, to your local school systems or community colleges, ask them what supplies they need um, yeah. and, and see how you can kind of enrich the classroom experience through that sort of support. I think that's, that's another, I don't want to say easy way for businesses to no. step in, but it's a very clear and obvious way that they can help. Any surplus materials um, or, you know, anytime, you know, you upgrade uh, any new materials and, you know, well, what do I do with this? Oh, I don't give it to the schools. You know, that's, you know, just, just you know, give it to them. I hate to say like, oh, and it's a tax write-off, but, you know, just in the, right. in the spirit of the fact that, you know, um, I mean, it can be little things, man. When I say just wires, just any old wires that you don't use or, you know, like companies that throw away uh, you know, that's the scrap metal that has to, you know, throw away scrap metal or throw away concrete pieces or, you know, all that stuff is stuff that you can take to the classroom and just test on it. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I, I'm glad that you specified like some examples of what can be donated, because sometimes, you know, like you said, a business might think that they're just tossing out junk when it could actually be repurposed or used by a school system that that needs it. Um, mm -hmm. I do want to jump real quickly back to something we we already talked about a little bit, and that's the soft skills argument, because those are things that every employer needs across the board, regardless of industry. And I know that both of you already mentioned sort of, you know, the collaboration and the critical thinking, but, you know, just offhand, are there any other soft skills that you think are particularly well developed through a STEM curriculum? Um, yes, let me jump right in on this yeah. one. <laughs> um, We've talked about the collaboration. That's so important, especially in science. There's not a day that doesn't go by in my class where students are not communicating to each other and giving peer feedback to each other. And I'm very important to point out to them that this is feedback and they were trying to communicate something and this is what their listener heard. And so if their listener didn't hear what they wanted to communicate, then they need to make some adjustments to their communication. So I think that's just one of one big piece is that communication piece, but also especially in today's society, it's extremely important that they are empathetic and have empathy 
And so that's something that we talk about a lot in our class, is especially in dealing with science. And there's not always a black and white answer to everything. Right. There's some gray, there's some middle ground. And so we have to start off by respecting our peers and being able to empathize with others in order to have those meaningful, deep conversations. Um, and maturity ties right into that. They have to be able to handle that those sensitive topics when um, discussing certain issues in science and, or even just maturity in handling lab supplies. Sure. Like, don't break the equipment, sure. you know, <laughs> um, in order to maintain these rigorous ex expectations that we have for them. Ani, I feel like there are probably people listening to the podcast now who want you to come in and teach their employees, um, especially with regard to the giving and receiving of feedback and empathy. That Those are just brilliant observations. Um, those are absolutely just so critical, um, such critical soft skills that are needed regardless of job. Um, so I'm really glad that you pointed that out. Um, Zaron, did you want to add to that? Uh, any other soft skills that come to mind that STEM is particularly good at, at cultivating in students? Um, uh, how long do I have? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just maybe pick one. <laughs> yeah, one of the, my favorites um, that sticks out to me the most is perseverance, determination, yeah. like all of those things when your experiment goes wrong, when, uh, you know, learning to stick to something no matter how many mistakes you make no matter how long it takes to accomplish it i think that's one of one of my favorite things that stem teaches is i'm not sure you all remember that time when you had to take either algebra or calculus or pre-cal and you had one assignment i mean one question and it took three pages mm -hmm. to do one question and your answer was still wrong and you had to go back and figure <laughs> out where you got it <laughs> So yep. that pers perseverance and determination and definitely creativity is something that I think STEM is, is very powerful for. Absolutely. Just it's a perfect answer. It's absolutely applicable to it, to any job, any industry, no matter what you do. Um, mm -hmm. With the few minutes that we have left, I just I, I want to remind both of you that we have this captive business audience who's listening to our conversation right now. And I think that you two have honestly, the most important job that there is. Um, I don't think you're thanked enough. <laughs> I don't think you could possibly be thanked enough for what you do. Um, but is there any sort of message that you want to directly give to our business audience who's listening right now on ways that they can support you, support education in general, and just help students along in, in their careers and as they finish up their school experience? Zaron, you want to start with that one? Uh, yes, well, I know specifically um, TMSA Greensboro, we're working on a career fair in the um, for the end of this year. Uh -huh. We do want companies to come in and set up, um, set up, you know, uh, a table or even do it virtually. Oh, great. So you we, said that's the Greensboro location? Yes, the one okay, in Greensboro, so we'll be doing that. So, you know, the other thing is just in general, um, you know, if they can reach out to us, you know, definitely just doing virtual meetings and just talking to the students sure. you know that's that's something i would love i actually have a uh go sign me not go sign me a sign up genius sheet coming out next week about that so definitely just just come talk to the students and tell them you know the ups and downs of of, of, of your careers right that's just an additional touch point it's a 
another way for students to to see that what they're learning is actually going to be used someday. Um, mm -hmm. So I think those are great opportunities for businesses. Just to reiterate for those who are listening, Zaron, um, he mentioned that there will be a career fair that TMSA is hosting in the Greensboro area. Um, I will post some contact information um, along with this podcast um, if you are interested in connecting with TMSA on that career fair. Um, Ani, any message that you would like to convey to our business listeners um, before we wrap up today? Yeah, I mean, we're strategically and uniquely positioned in the research triangle. And so um, our students are surrounded with the possibility of STEM careers. And sure. so I think we could really help with providing students with, like I said earlier, jobs, internships, coming in and guest speaking, telling us about their day or job shadowing for a day. Yep. I would love to see, you know, some of my students be able to take a day and do a job shadow. And um, like Saran mentioned earlier, most of the time students or even adults think, STEM, oh, doctor, nurse, engineer, but there's sure. so many other aspects of it that the students can go into and use their, their particular interests and really thrive in it. Um, and so, you know, just given the classroom experiences that I tried to create, I'd love to see the students have some um, real world experiences in the businesses and just really fill in those gaps for them so that our students are ready to enter the task force and can enter the task force. Our students have a hard time finding jobs. Um, but I think if they understood, hey, we're trying to prepare them, let's work together in partnership right. because we also want the same thing. Their life does not end when they end and they leave our school when sure. they graduate. We want to make sure that they are productive citizens and, um, and workers too. I think you all have really just given so many great concrete ways that our listeners can engage with you know either either you or wherever they happen to be their their local school systems to really um make the overall education experience more in alignment with what you know the real world demands but also just you know more authentic and more enjoyable and and hopefully even a little easier um for educators who already have so much to juggle um at one time i want to thank you both for, for joining me today and for this wonderful conversation. Um, for those who are listening, um, to recap, this was Zaron Johnson, who's an eighth grade science teacher at Triad Math and Science Academy, and Ani Ingram, who's a biology teacher at Triangle Math and Science Academy in Cary. Thank you both so much. Thank you. Thank you, it was a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to this month's edition of the Business Playbook. At the NC Chamber, our mission is to research, develop, advocate, and communicate for solutions and policies that produce a nationally competitive business climate in North Carolina. For more information on how the NC Chamber can advocate for your business, visit ncchamber.com.